Welcome to the Fod Eater Fod Pass. <laughs> what is up, y'all? It's Froth here, Thought Eater Podcast, Thought Eater Blog. Hope you're doing well. Thank you for listening. Happy Friday to you all. I typically do five minute Friday. I'm just, this is still going to be a short podcast, but it might not exactly be five minutes. So I'm cutting myself some slack today. I'm not going to look at the timer, but so. I'll go ahead and say this is completely spoiler-free, so don't worry. There's no spoilers. I'm not going to talk anything about plot, but this new Dark Crystal uh, prequel is up on Netflix. and uh, So I loved Dark Crystal when I was little, saw it at the theater. Um, I've been excited about this, and I have to say, if you watch it, and hopefully you will if you have Netflix... um, uh, kind of automatically at the end, there's this documentary that queues up. A really nice documentary on the making of it. And I got to say, uh, from the concept art to the modeling to the, um, you know, uh, casting of the molds, the molding to the set design, the fabrication the painting of the sets there's a person that's their only job is is doing individual hairs of the puppets to the costume design to the prop design to a when you look at it all i i know this will sound hyperbolic but taken all together as far as fantasy tv or movies or whatever goes uh, it's probably the pinnacle of human artistic achievement. And I, I know that sounds hyperbolic, but it is just the artistry is breathtaking to the point where I was reminded of the that quote, you know, any sufficiently advanced technology uh, is indistinguishable from magic. That The art, the... the the production design and quality is uh, is basically magic uh, to someone like me who's challenged with stick figures, you know. But uh, anyway, so it gave me some GM thoughts, and they might not be exactly what you might expect. Uh, nothing about the cultures or any of that kind of thing. Um, and again, I'm not talking any kind of plot or spoiler. But when looking at, at some of the, the sets and some of the locations and everything... I started thinking about the limitations of language for GMs, and just in general, the limit, the limits of you know human communication, uh, because so many times as GMs we're we're describing something, and uh, we can't, you know, language is really just an approximation of things, and the more familiar people are with something the easier, you know, fewer words or whatever you have to use. So if, say, eggplant, you know, you guys have an eggplant in your mind, but, you know, it could be different than the eggplant in my mind. It could be grilled, sliced, or whatever. So the more qualifiers, you know, I add, the closer what I am picturing is going to be what you're picturing. And some of the sets and some of these fantastical things and just fantastical locations that you would use in your games they can be these amazing things but the the kind of the more amazing and odd they are whatever they are the harder that is to just communicate and that's where gms will use you know visuals to help now in my game i oftentimes use minis oftentimes use you know character portraits for npcs 
often use maps, certainly overland maps, battle maps, or whatever, but I do on occasion use images for locations and things like that, specific locations, buildings, whatever, but when watching this, I was thinking probably not enough because to really take something and give it that fantasy edge or whatever, it's really hard to communicate that. Take something just as simple as a forest, you know. I could say, okay, you guys walk into the forest. That's kind of the, the lazy way. And a forest could mean any kind of different thing, the way you're picturing it. I could say just a dense, dark forest, and that might help a little bit. I could start getting into, oh, it's a dense, dark forest. It's so dense that it's, it's, you can't barely, you know, see barely any light hits the ground. The trees are all gnarled and they have branches that reach out like claws and um, it's deadly silent. There's no birds. There's a sense of foreboding. And, uh, and that will give you more. But then if you really want some kind of mystical forest or things like that, you may have been better off showing a picture. Now, I hesitate a little bit because I'm lazy. <laughs> like, the lazy GM to me is like way too much work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but I feel like, it made me feel like, you know, I, I'm, I'm leaving some fantasy, some amazement, some coolness at the door by maybe not using more more visuals as far as, you know, but I mean, then from there, you gotta, you know, you're gonna have to search around, find artists you like, and things like that. The other thing that started making me think about is, you know, whereas with locations, that visual element can really help. In D and D, at least, or most fantasy games, I would say, you can kind of get away with not using visualizations for the monsters. And reason for this is. D&D's been around so long. People have seen the images so many times that for many of my listeners, I can just say, yeah, there's a weird Zorn in there eating rocks. And uh, y'all would be able to picture a Zorn. And uh, whereas if I, if I had to try to describe that, who knows what your mental image would be. But so many people have seen these images and everything. I don't have to think twice. So I can say, oh, there's a mind flare. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm seeing the, the 1E mind flare immediately in my mind. Now, what's funny is if you run games for kids, then you find out how difficult it can be sometimes because with my daughter, like, you know, she does have a concept to what a goblin is, you know, from some other story or maybe a cartoon or whatever. But, you know, when it got to kobolds, it was like I had to be like, okay, yeah, so these are little dog-faced creatures running around. You know what I mean? She didn't have a kobold in the mind. And so things like a beholder or whatever that we can take for granted in some tables in other situations that's where you want that that visual that visual aid now certain gms are really good to where they have a natural flair for being able to be very descriptive when need be and can really put something in your mind's eye and you might not want them to have an exact image all the time you know some people that's why some people won't like a movie based on the book because it's like god oh, the movie doesn't look like I pictured it. So if you've had this uh, descript, you know, if you've been describing, say, Eberron's Sharn City of Towers to your table for six months, and you might not want to, you know, seven months into the campaign, say, okay, here's a picture of Sharn, by the way, because it, it might not live up to what they've already kind of got in their mind, you know. 
So these are all the sorts of thoughts that, that went through my mind looking at it, just thinking about language and being able to describe things as a GM and when to say eggplant and leave it be, when to go into a lot of descriptive detail with no image, when to say, okay, here's an image of what it looks like. The picture's worth a thousand words, as they say. And then when to, you know, when to let it be in their mind's eye and when not. Now, there are all these kind of what I would call neo-OSR games now that get into really weird territory. And that they, they self-describe themselves that way as weird. And, and I'll sometimes see people, not to like pick on any specific products, but take like Silent Titans, for example. Artwork is really, really nice, you know, very strange locations and whatnot. And I saw somebody com complaining about it, saying they were having trouble running it. Because even with the pictures that are provided and the text, it was very hard for them to describe it to their players and very hard to visualize it, even with the images. So sometimes when you get into these kind of neo-OSR weird things, you might find yourself just having to kind of settle for it being some kind of dreamlike fantasy thing that, that everyone pictures maybe a little bit in their own way. And then other times... Your game might be gritty, lo-fi, you know, medieval to where nothing that, um, there's no need for any kind of aid other than what other, you know, people already have in their own mind's eye of, um, of actual medieval buildings and these kind of things where it's, it's not so fanciful that, that your, um, verbal communication limits you, but... Anyway, I just thought it was an in interesting topic, and I also thought it was interesting that's what popped in my mind, because I was looking at one of the sets, and I was like, man, that's amazing, you know, unbelievable, but God, you know, I could never describe that to somebody, um, or I could, but no one would quite maybe see it as cool as it was, and uh, anyway, so it also made me think about the really great authors, you know, um, or even just authors that did such a great job describing things that when they're represented by multiple artists in multiple cultures or countries or whatever, they, they, they come up with sort of the same thing. And so I think kind of like, uh, like Tolkien came to mind, you know, describing, you know, a little hobbit house and, and all these kind of things. Um, so anyway... And I'm no Tolkien <laughs> when it comes to running my games. It kind of made me think, yeah, the, the next time I describe, you know, I say forest, I might give it a little bit more, you know. Or the next time I've got some kind of location that's uh, really exotic or a little different, maybe I'll, much as I hate it, I'll do the P word. I'll prep <laughs> and, and find some images that maybe fit with it. But anyway, I'd love some feedback, what you think about it, obviously. If you've seen Dark Crystal, I'm not going to put any messages on here that have any kind of spoiling whatsoever. It's not really spoiling to say that it's just breathtakingly amazing artistry. I mean, ungodly artistry. Um, but anyway, I've rambled enough. I know I was going to go over five minutes. I don't want to go any longer. I hope you have a great weekend. If you check it out, I'd love to know what you think. If you have any thoughts about the 
limits or possibilities of the of verbal communication in your games or the limits, whatever. Um, drop me a line on Anchor. You can send me an email, frothsoftfrothsof at gmail.com. Check out the blog, frothsoftdnd.blogspot.com. If you are interested in supporting my podcast, blog, my zines that are taking forever to come out, you can check out my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash thought eater. It's only a dollar a month. I'm very, very thankful the folks back me on there. I appreciate y'all tremendously, so thank you. Next you'll hear from me will be the Sunday Night Below session recap. We're running our game Saturday night. I'm pretty excited. We got our character, a player with a new character uh, running a druid. We haven't had a druid in the game yet, so that should be fun. And I think that is it. I hope you just have a great weekend filled with gaming. And Logan... Drop that funky beat. Sickly platypus, a psychic grenade. Zeroing in on your mental trade. Gonna help you escape from the grind. Thought eater gonna blow your mind. Boom, boom, boom.